To Hell with the Hot Dish represents the opinions and musings of three not overly intelligent pastors working to challenge a church long defined by a cliché casserole culture. The thoughts expressed here are their own and not necessarily the thoughts of any larger institution. So feel free to find your seat, stow all expectations for answers in the overhead compartment, and join us on this misguided adventure. This is To Hell with the Hot Dish. This misguided adventure that we have affectionately titled To Hell with the Hot Dish. I am Alex Hoops out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm Lauren Claude, also out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Stop copying me. (laughs) I was here first. (laughs) How dare you? And I'm Kyle Rouse out of Fort Worth, Texas. And we are not in the same room today, Lauren. I'm at my at my house, which has hardwood floors, a big change from the last house, and that means that it's like a, it's pretty echoey in here. And if the sound is different for our loyal listeners, apologies. Uh, we haven't sorted our stuff out yet. We are living out of boxes. It looks like you're in a cave there. It's very dark up here, and I was rooting through these boxes for underpants because... <laughs> Um, I had like a travel supply and we've been washing new uh, washing sheets and towels and all this stuff. And I cannot find the box with my plethora of underpants. So here wow. I am in a room covered with laundry as I've torn this place apart. I also was tearing apart trying to find my headphones for this recording. I had my mic and I'm like, I'm ready. And I was like, oh, no, I don't have my headphones. So here I am. How did um how did your first uh couple weeks at the new church go? It's going good so far. Like any situation, like it, when you're joining like uh something with so many moving pieces, it's kind of like drinking from the fire hose. Oh sure, you're just like yeah. taking it all in, trying to get the rhythms. I compared it to like so you're you're uh getting onto a new highway, right? You're merging in, and you have to like wait for a little bit. You have two options. You could just barrel in there and make space, and that's kind of like everyone on the highway is like, who is this clown? Or you can go in kind of at a slow pace of going, all right, I'm going to get my blinker on. I'm going to gauge the speed of other drivers, and I'm going to find my way to get in here. I mean, preferably before the lane ends and I hit the wall, get fire. <laughs> but, yeah, but but once you merge onto traffic, are you staying in the slow lane? you getting in the middle lane, or are you hitting the fast Mingo. lane? Listen, I don't think right away I hit the fast lane just because I still got to figure out the lay of the road, right? Like, Why? I don't do, you know. Not know where, do you not know where you're going? Do you not know where God has called you? Do you not know the path before you? Are you not excited to get there? I am. Are you not excited to lead people there? Listen to this guy. That's what they need, Alex. They need a pastor to come. How do you know about about it, Lord? Just mill, just mill about and hang around. I'm just gonna pin around and just. Go with the flow, Alex. No, I believe you. I got. I got. I got to figure out the terrain. I'm learning. I'm taking it all in. Didn't and you in take, the true no, spirit Alex, of Advent, I am watching and waiting, baby. <laughs> watching and waiting, seeing where Didn't God take, is at work already, and seeing how my gifts might bless them. Alex, 
Alex, didn't you take boundaries classes? Don't you know it's not appropriate for the pastor to ride people's bumpers? I'm not! That's what you said I should... I am already so angry on this podcast. <laughs> what are we even talking about? You're talking about it. Anyways, hi everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I don't usually yell this early in it, but Lauren is pushing my buttons. I've got Sorry. I've, I've gotten too close to him. This Cincinnati thing, bad choice. Too close to Lauren. There's too much attitude in this city now. So so the <laughs> So anyway, you're what? It went well the first couple weekends, and you're taking it slow, you're getting the feel, the lay of the land. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Now you don't seem so outraged. I know that you're so high energy, Alex, that I am sure you are getting fed, and I don't see you just sitting and waiting and watching. You're, I'm sure you're jumping in more than you think you are. Maybe, but for me, my pace, this feels like watching and waiting as I'm thinking. Well, that might be. That might be. That's my advent vibe right now. You, you want to uh, know a true story? What? You want to know a true story? My first week at, at Prince of Peace, I sent someone to the hospital. <laughs> what? Did you um, punch him? I shouldn't be laughing. Okay, it was vacation Bible school week, my first week, and I was assigned to uh, to games, the station for games, and it was water night. And we had all these water balloons made, and all the kids are coming through the stations, and they're splashing water and throwing water balloons. Well, I went over to the cooler filled with water balloons, and I grabbed a couple, and I I like grenade style threw one way up into the air oh, in, into no. the crowd. <laughs> and one of our adult leaders that was helping out at games, it, it landed right on her head Good and Lord. exploded. And she, uh, she fell down to the ground <laughs> and I went over to her. She didn't know who threw it. But and she so was I had mad. a choice to make. I no, I had a choice to make early <laughs> on. I had a choice to make. Do, do I, do I tell her, um, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen. I didn't think it was that serious. You know, it was just water balloon. But uh, or do I just ignore it and pretend like you know, hope no one else saw it and <laughs> just turn around and be like, who threw this? Well, she didn't <laughs> she didn't see it, but someone else might have. And they might go up to her later and be like, man, that new pastor just totally beamed you. <laughs> and the like water lied so, about it. <laughs> so I decided to go up to her and I said, hey, I um. I am so sorry. I did not mean to, you know, connect with you like that. And I didn't mean for the water balloon to hit you. And and uh, needless to say, she kind of shrugged it off, but she wasn't feeling great. Well, the next day at VBS, she came back and she had she had gone to the hospital that night because oh, of, gave her uh, concussion? of the water balloon and, this, and something, so let something me get with this her straight. You something with her ear. You started your job by beating someone with a water balloon. I pretty much went in with. I pretty much went in with the old adage that you know, you know, first day in boot camp, you pick a fight with the biggest guy and, and prove, prove your metal. <laughs> See, um, why are you giving me advice about jumping into high speed traffic, you baboon? Hey, I'm doing great. It worked out. It worked out. Well, you know what? I'm now no longer taking wisdom from Lorne, the guy who pegs people with water balloons day one. But wisdom is on the docket today. Oh, yeah? At To Hell with the Hot Dish <gasps> Studios. Is it our segment? Did you know? Is it our segment? Yes, because Kyle and I did some church wonderments the other day, and we had some that came up uh, that we wanted to talk about because we're in this season of Advent I love still. it. This, ad- this episode's coming out still in Advent, and uh, we have a few that are so very seasonally appropriate. So, ladies and gentlemen, may we welcome you again. Now, with Lorne to offer his awful wisdom, <laughs> we offer Church Wonderments.
I hope none of these questions have to do with water balloons. Yeah, we'll we'll leave those ones to Lauren. He seems okay. to be a pro. All right, good. Okay, so church wonderments I've encountered this week. This one is uh, one seasonally very appropriate. Uh, it says, "Is there more supporting evidence behind Santa Claus than there is for Jesus Christ?" Mm. Pastors, mm. please, I need your wisdom. <laughs> Is there more supporting, supporting evidence. evidence behind Santa Claus for the existence of Santa Claus? For the just yeah. flat out existence. Like, I didn't know there was a huge debate over Jesus's existence. Like, as a historical figure, I think it's pretty much nailed down. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, there's there's historical books written by historians. Like Josephus. And, come on. Yeah. Well, it depends, too, about Santa Claus here. Let's take this question serious. Well, what about St. So, Nicholas? Here right? we go. Are they referring to, to St. Nicholas? That's a real dude. I think that's what we that's have to assume. That's a real assume. dude. That was a real yeah. dude. Yeah. Who our modern-day modern version of Santa. The Coca-Cola who, um, Santa. You know, that's right. The Coca-Cola Santa that hangs out with the big fluffy polar bears. Um <laughs> Chris Kringle, yeah, I mean, we 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 know that there was a man named Chris who, uh, Kringle who gave presents. Yeah, gave presents to the, to the. Well, there the were children. several, right? There were se- yeah, Bishop Nicholas of Myra, Turkey, and then there were some others as well that would deliver presents, but they would also they would help the the poor and the and those who needed help in the in their villages. So there's that kind of legend out there about the the bishop who were real people, real people, right. I didn't know Chris Kringle was real. Well, I don't think that name. I don't think that name, Chris Kringle, is real. Oh. Not that I know of. That's what I prefer to call Santa oh. Claus. Oh, like from the movie Santa Claus, like yeah. Christopher Kringlestein. So in your house, your daughter gets presents from Chris Kringle? We must leave some cookies out for Mr. Kringle. <laughs> She's like the most proper <laughs> That's daughter weird, in the Lord. whole school, I bet. Right. Oh, you call him Santa. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know him as Chris. Oh, Chris. Actually, you know what the better snack would be for Chris Kringle is a Pringle. Oh. Pringles for Chris Kringle. <laughs> Jeez. Grandpa Lauren's Grandpa back. Lauren's here, everybody. Hashtag. Pringles for Kringle. Okay. I think that uh, there's there, there's been plenty of work done that the historical Jesus, yeah, yes, Jesus. That's a real dude. Yeah, was a real person who lived, who he was uh, came into the world. Yeah. You know, was crucified, died, was buried, and on the third day rose again. Those are the claims, though, at the end about rising again, the resurrection, um, that, that, you know, th- there's not historical proof doc documentaries about it or anything like that but widely believed among the historical community that a figure named Jesus lived uh did ministry and was crucified you know there's different historical references from people like Josephus and others that that talk about this this crucifixion obviously the 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 proclamation of the church and of the christian faith is that Christ was crucified, died, and was buried, and then on the third day rose again. And that's the claim we make um, with faith and trust in the promises of God. And obviously we have the Gospels that tell the story of the resurrection um, that is a new genre of writing that that wasn't, uh, you know, got gospel writing wasn't around before gospel mm-hmm. writing, which was meant to proclaim the good news. It's a new type of literature. And so... Yeah, but Jurassic Park was a new form of literature. And that doesn't prove that happened. <laughs> well, we're talking about two very different things, Alex. <laughs> I'd never read anything like Jurassic Park. Anyway. Wow. 
You just took that on a crazy turn. It's my job. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm Alex. Uh, I'm Pastor Alex. I'm here to uh, really throw a wrench at things. Um, so uh, our next Wonderman's question is, I like this one. Why is the Bible so boring? If it was really written by God, then it would be an exciting read for people in every time and every place. Period. Hmm. He wrote the word period. He, oh, he wrote, oh, wrote the word period. Okay. Yeah. Why is it so dang boring? I don't think it's boring. I think there You're are parts the that are really. Bits. I think that boring is a subjective, you know, opinion. By this well, are you person. reading it like a novel? Like this bit in the middle is. <laughs> well, <better>. yeah. <laughs> well, there there definitely are parts I think that are that are hard to get through. I mean, there there for sure uh, absolutely. Um, are parts that are a little drier read, but but there are parts that are super exciting. But what I find interesting about the question actually. I wonder what this person's idea or image of God must be. Well, what is their? What do they think we think? We're like God is the ultimate entertainer. Well, and God is super exciting, and there's laser light shows and flashing beacons and and uh, prizes that are being given away, and the Bible should be made like that. You know, do we do we have this idea that God is one that is always entertaining? Or I don't know. When you look at that question, you realize the Bible's written for different. For different purposes and with different, like we said, different genres and styles and written to different people. You can't read it like a novel. And so, you know, we have to, we don't want to take the Bible and, and you know, t- take that own our own conjecture on that. Because when we do that, we end up with a God who should be entertaining all the time or a God who's boring all the time, right? And that's that's just not the way... That's not the way God functions. God's... I th- but the, the question, too, is saying... This thing, like if God wrote it, right? Do they think that we think God wrote this down on paper and handed it to somebody, right? Or that this is written by people about God, kind of from God in some ways, you know? But like, come on, God's not like a novelist who's like, get a load of this jam. I can't wait until you get into the <laughs> typing away of, at the typewriter, of, right? Yeah, like wait till you get to the part where I explain people's lineage by twenty generations. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah, you're gonna love that bit. It's gripping. Well, what's interesting too is that that's more how the Quran was sure. composed and put together was through the Prophet Muhammad, who, who you know, Muslims believe was given a divine word message straight from God and was written through one channel, through one person recorded straight um, from as the, the Quran, uh, as much more of a divine a divine word given. Um, but Christianity, you know, we know our Bible comes from many different, Bible means many books. It comes from many different authors, many, many different people um, like Paul. I mean, think of Paul in the New Testament oh, yeah. and his letters to the churches to, you know, Corinth and and uh, at Ephesus, and you know, these were letters written to faith communities to address specific things. Paul probably had no idea, or or could never imagine that it would one day be codified in one book next to um, Genesis and Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I'm in be, the same were, book. Like, right? That'd be right. that'd be wild. Yeah. So I think you have to t- you have to keep that in mind. That's my new goal. We need to get this podcast transliterated. And into the Bible. Oh, man. I don't think that's oh. A reading from To Hell with the Hot Dish, episode five. <laughs> I don't think there's anything I would want to see less, probably. <laughs> a reading from The Hell with the Hot Dish, episode 40. Vin Diesel says. 
<laughs> well, no, I think the Bible's pretty set. You know, I mean, the, obviously the canon is set. I'm, I feel like we could get in there. But it doesn't mean that God isn't still speaking right. and working because we believe that in the living word of God, you know, that, that the word of God is living and the word of God is Christ. It's It's the living word. And so... God is still speaking through people and prophets and, you know, in countless ways into our world. Um, we're not going to, you know, petition the global church, however that would even to happen. Recognize to recognize the teachings of the Tyrannosaurus Rex of Jurassic yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're not going to entertain that anymore. But you're uh, right, Lauren. I think, I, th- I think you're right. I think, I think we have to understand that God yeah. still speaks in different ways, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I got another one. This is our super adventy theme one. I want to know what you guys think. Okay. Are you ready? Reading this verbatim. Are we living in the end of days? Are we just so stupid we don't know it? Or is the world worse still to come with the Four Horsemen bit and the Revelations bit, Armageddon stuff? Is that the end? Yep. Are we? Are we? Are we living? Are we living in the end are of days? Are we stupid? Is that the and we just don't know it. That that reminds me of I don't know if you were in uh, church yesterday. Which they asked the pastors if they were at church yesterday. That's well, not I was talking to our listeners. Oh yeah, hi guys. Right? We have I listeners for, I out you there were here that are part of like our tribe is is Lutheran, and we have a lectionary and reading cycles. And if you were in one of those um, kinds of churches yesterday, we had a reading from Matthew twenty four of us that started and said about that day and hour, no one knows, right? Like in the days of Noah. Like in, that's right. That's right. And then it would say, you know, it says some scary stuff that two people will be in the field and one will be taken and one will be left and two women Ooh. will be grinding meal together and one will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, keep awake for you do not know when the day of your Lord is coming. Right. So that's scary stuff. Paul just popped out off the top of his dome. It's just off the top of my head. Wow. Hey, we're getting ready for Christmas. What? What's all this stuff coming that in with Christmas time? Stuff. It is. Well, Advent Advent for us, though, as Christians, is equally about focusing on the second coming of Christ, on, right. on Christ's promise to return, um, which Matthew you know, 24 here, that's what it's referring to, is Christ coming again. But yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I think so many people you know, have mixed thoughts, and there's a lot of varying opinions and thought out there uh, about the apocalypse or an end of the world or a rapture or, you know, things that have been proliferated by the Left Behind series and popular television and TV. So interesting, you know. Totally put together on their own. That stuff is not in scripture, right? Should we just say that? Well, I mean, it kind of, like they're they're taking bits of it and saying it. You know, that's the Left Behind bit. You just said it. One will be taken. One will remain. One will be left, one will be taken, one will be left, right? They're just kind of going off that. And, like, I guess the question is, like, one, is that legit? Are we taking that, uh, I don't know, correctly? I mean, it's interpretation of scriptures, so who are we? But I guess, for me, I'm wondering, why don't I give a rip about it? Right. Well, some people, yeah, right. Right. Well, Those I think books like don't interest me and I don't know why. Like, shouldn't it? It's kind of it's a popular story that has something to do with God's story. Like, I feel like that's right in my wheelhouse, but I just don't have an interest in it. These these apo- these biblical apocalyptic Armageddon movies do not 
interests me, and I don't know why. Well, I think it takes a certain piece, like that one verse about two will be in the field and one will be taken, one will be left, right? That's one verse. What they have to combine it with to make some kind of fanciful rapture or uh, premillennialism or dispensationalism, something like that, you got to combine it with a bunch of verses from other books of the Bible, which have no bearing to be put together, right? So it's not it's not a right move. So I think you, you're picking up on that's not really the sense of what it's saying. We're so going to get a lot of emails on that one, Kyle. They're going to say, look at this. Kyle, you misunderstand. Don't you see the writing on the wall, Kyle? <laughs> oh, this, this question on the internet says it. Are you just so stupid, Kyle? I don't. You can't I, see it. You, okay. You just I, can't I just see can't it, see it then, I guess. Well, the creed we proclaim says that, you know, we believe that Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. And I believe that is true. You know, I I, I, I confess that. Good. I, I, I have that as a faith statement that Christ will come again. So the imagery um, that, that we hear Jesus talking about is the coming of the Son of Man, uh, you know, most often interpreted as referring to himself, that there will be a reconciliation of all things, that God is reconciling the world, the cosmos, to God's self, and that there is this judgment that, that we proclaim. But as people of faith, we are given the promise of grace and forgiveness because of Christ, because of what Christ has done. And so this judgment of the living and the dead is not something that I spend a whole lot of time focused on or worried about or stressing over. But it, it does seem as though a lot of Christians out there put a lot of energy and attention around the apocalypse or this idea of a rapture and, and what what I think is really far reaching is that imagery of of people just being plucked out of where they are and taken up into some heavenly realm. That I don't think is biblical. With Kirk Cameron, right? Of this idea of this world just totally being forsaken. You know, the people are just plucked out into their heavenly homes. What we often hear about is the resurrection of the dead, which is something we don't talk about enough, I think. But that these dry bones will walk again, that God will raise up um, the faithful. But it's not something that I, I put a lot of my energy or Right. focus on because I'm more I'm personally more focused on living an obedient life of faith here and now not focused too far down the right road. there like that that attention to place and time I was a little kid and I went to somebody a friend of mine's vacation Bible school and they were talking about the end of days at their you know denomination and they were talking about the horns blowing end of days this kind of thing and they talked about rapture they talked about one will be left and I, this is this is a hundred percent true. You can ask my mom to verify it. I was I was uh, of age in Florida. Every kid plays football, right? So I was like in kindergarten or something playing flag football, and um, we were playing. And I had just spent that we- end of the week at this VBS, and then the game day came, and we were playing. And I was a little quick running back. Hard to imagine. You know it, my son. A quick what? I I was a little. Fast blonde devil, yes. <laughs> and I was so quick. And I started hauling. I had the football, and I was like just a straightaway to the end zone. And it was at the end of the game, so the buzzer went off, but the play was still alive, you know. It's the end of the game. I just have to run it in. And the buzzer rang, and I just stopped dead in my tracks and looked around. And my mom's like, what is he doing? And everyone's yelling, run. So I started running again, and it was over. And I came back. My mom goes, what was that about? And I go, I thought that God had blown the horns. (laughs) 
I was convinced <laughs> it was the end of days at my football oh, wow. game. And I was like, am I am I here? Am I am I stuck? And that tells me the reason I had that like fear, that thing was I mean, that was dread. That was dread. Yeah. Fear and based. I was like, yeah. what an awful motivator for a child to consider God other than like like I mean, what's worse than just straight fear? Right. Well, a couple of things happen. One, I think you just named. People then start to live in fear yeah. and wondering whether they're on the right or wrong side of God's favor. And now a certain degree of that I think is healthy right. to be discerning. Are we in God? Are, you know, are, are we, we reflecting are we God seeking or not? God's will? Are we? But to live with that, that level of fear I think is, is unhealthy, especially for a little kid. But a couple of other things happen. I've heard people that are so focused on this idea of an apocalypse or, the, or, the, or a rapture or the end times that they actually use that as an excuse not to care for yes, the earth or the environment. Exactly, well, Jesus yeah. is in charge, so whatever. This is all forsaken. Yeah. This is all, you know, God's going to just it's an fix escapism, this and take right? me out of this situation. Yeah, it's just escapism. And then you can really abuse things and People. Um, abuse the earth and, and just neglect the earth. I, I, I've definitely heard that line of thinking before. Or just take care of yourself and not take care of one another. Right. If I break it, Jesus will fix it. Right. Well, and and the whole point of of Matthew, uh, of the Gospel of Matthew, not just Mr. Matthew out there, whoever that is, but the point of the Gospel hey, of Matthew. Hey, Matt, thanks for listening. No. <laughs> maybe we have a listener. Uh, maybe we have a listener mail from him, right? Or Matthew's Damon listens. Mail. Matthew's Damon's listens. But the point of the Gospel <laughs> writer of Matthew is writing to to a people who are living in what they think are from what they've been told is the end is is near right that 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 God is coming back when Jesus dies then they're waiting and they're waiting and they're like well did we miss it or what's happening right and so they're asking that question of what is God doing and so they have these passages talk about the reign of God that is coming and what Matthew is saying is you know, you're not going to know the day or the hour. So what you want to do is you want to live following the teachings and principles of Jesus, right? It's not that you're preparing for the rapture and you're stockpiling stuff for yourself in a bunker somewhere. No, right. it's it's not about living right. in fear of that. It's about living out the principles that Jesus taught. And that's engaging one another and that's helping one another and doing all that. So I'm not living in fear of the future and I'm not living out of fear for my own safety. I already understand the promises of God have been given in the world. Now I'm just working to follow through. Well, it, it's been fun for me to think about this in relationship, kind of parallel to the fact that my wife is pregnant. And this is the, the quote unquote Still last no baby, week of the, huh? Lizard yeah, baby. last week of the pregnancy. And uh, our due date, our due date is this Saturday. So maybe by the time this episode comes <gasps> out, we'll, our baby will have been yes. born. But it's been fun thinking about. It. I actually preached this last weekend, talking about Advent, talking about the second coming of Christ, and then kind of talking in a parallel sense about what we're experiencing as as a pregnant couple. And we've been asked two questions over and over and over again by everyone. Number one. When's the baby coming? You know. And number two, are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready for the baby? And it was fun to like lift that up uh, with this text from this last weekend in in worship. You know that we don't know the day or the hour. Uh, we try to we try to prepare. We try to prepare for when the baby comes. Like Kyle, you were saying, we're not sitting around idly twiddling our thumbs. We're getting the crib ready, getting the bottles out, putting the car seat in the car. We're making room. We're actively preparing. 
but that number one, it's a mystery, right? It's a mystery on how, when this baby will come. It's going to be a mystery when Christ comes again. Two, though, it's disruptive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like right. it's like this baby is going to totally disrupt Game our changer. household. Yeah, like it's going to totally change our schedules. Yeah, get ready. You know, the second coming of Christ, I think, you know, we have scriptural backing there that that it is a disruptive thing. It, it is something that people notice that, that disrupts the current situation. But then most importantly, it's hope-filled. It's life-giving that even though it's a mystery and it might be disruptive, it's filled with a promise of bringing things together. You know, so if, if we think about the second coming of Christ— in reference to how Christ came initially, mm-hmm. it was a mystery. He came as an infant Surprise! child, vulnerable and weak. He did disruptive ministry. He disrupted the powers of his time, religious authorities, social authorities, government authorities. He he caused disruption because he stood with the oppressed. He stood with the poor. But it was also hope-filled. It was about a hope-filled promise for the world of reconciling things unto God's self. And so if we take those principles and then we think about the second coming, I I imagine, I hope at least it's it's a similar fashion. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We should be actually expecting the unexpected then. And that's something uh, I think that comes through in his other teachings. And Jesus talks about this day with the Son of Man. I mean, remember when he's shown the disciples, the disciples are like, look at how rad the temple is. And he's like, yeah, it's going to fall down. Yeah. And they're like, when? And he's like, what do you mean when? Like, it just is. And they're like, but like when? And he's like, there isn't, you're you're so concerned with when other than the reality that things are going to change. You know, right. we're so afraid of when we don't think about the what, the why, you know, it, disruption is what we're afraid of. Well, and the more important point he was making was how the temple looks isn't what matters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and the way that you expect me to show up doesn't matter either. That I will show up and fulfill the promises I've made to you, that's what's important. If right. you can lean into that, then we're on to something. Then you'll be unleashed to be what I am to the world for the sake of the world. You can be for the world for the sake of the world. Right. When you're in that place of believing the promise is real. I know you don't know the time. No one knows the time or the hour. If you did, you'd wait up all night. And it's funny, isn't that funny? It's like if, yeah. if they did know, he'd be up all night waiting for the robber and it wouldn't happen. So in your case, just be ready. Just be ready. Exactly. And I think that's, I, I don't know, that's that's the thing for me I, and for all of us is I get distracted with those little details. Yeah, we want to control it somehow. Well, yeah, well, either there's one of things I want to know or things I want to uh, do is if I'm getting, suddenly the getting ready, and especially now as we get ready for Christmas, the getting ready for Christmas becomes what Christmas is. Right. I mean, Advent is about getting ready. Christmas is about the coming of Christ. So, right. So everything I'm doing is not really what I'm waiting for, right? They're just distractions for what, what the real point of it is, which is a holy presence that enters this world that changes everything that brings this kingdom. And so I think, I know for me, uh, those, what, when is it going to happen? And all, all of those things, sometimes even the very things that I do that I think I'm getting ready for, the special things, the ways I'm getting ready become a distraction from what I really could be thinking about. So maybe it's better, it's good that Advent's instruction is like watch and wait as opposed to anticipate and attack. <laughs> you know, like. I don't even like the waiting. Like, well, I think there's a back difference to between like, just uh, sitting things, there. Well, no, no, we I think back to time. things. I, I know. I think back to things that I was excited about or anticipated in my life 
like uh, getting through a semester in college or getting through all my training in the military. And if you adopt the mentality that I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting for this semester to be over. I'm just waiting to be done with boot camp. I'm just waiting until this thing passes. Then it can really be a drag and and it can can be depressing. Instead, what shift happens when then you think through the lens of I'm working towards the end of the semester. I'm working towards – the end of my training. I'm working towards that promised future. And I That's think helpful. Advent, yes, we wait, but more importantly, I like the word work. We work towards the coming of Christ. Not yeah. that we bring it about, but we work towards that yeah. vision That's that, that Christ has proclaimed. And so working and preparing or working and I don't know. I kinda like that. I think that's good. That's an important I think that's a good theme to have while at least while we're recording these in Advent, that to hell with the hot dish is challenging some of the culture that turns this um, maybe into just a strictly contemplative, eager anticipation time of just getting organized for the ob- observance of Jesus' birth towards actively waiting and watching for what God is doing now as it will be fulfilled in its fullness in his second coming and Jesus a coming again. I, I think that's helpful. That's a, that's a good challenge for all of us to actually live into what this means that God decided to show up in such a surprising fashion. Are our eyes open? I, I like the active waiting puts us in a place where we might actually see Jesus where we don't expect him in doing those things in service in care in, in actually living out the, the reflection of Jesus work we have the best opportunity to actually see Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, like be there, wait, watch, be in a position to see God show up because God is absolutely still showing up and God will show up in God's fullness all over again. So I think that's a good theme to have actively waiting. And I think that's the point of apocalyptic literature in the Bible is to say you have a hope because God will show up, right? Yes, and and that to sure. instill that hope in people so that they can go on and keep living in the meantime, right? That, that, spoiler that was the whole alert. Point. Oh, so, God yeah, wins. Sorry. Spo- spoiler alert. God wins in the end. God's right? coming back. So <laughs> Yeah. So there's only a couple other little things that Becca and I have to do in our season of preparing right. for for our baby. And one of them is uh, is we're kind of struggling with names. Oh, because that's right. Because you're waiting. You're waiting to find out. Boy yeah, or girl. we're 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 waiting. We are waiting to find out whether it's a boy or a girl until birth. And so I was wondering if you guys had any um, you had any name suggestions for for us. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys have any any ideas here? Help me kind of prepare. Kyle, I want you to think of girl. You names want me to do Alex, girl names? Okay. Guy names. Yeah, I'm doing guy names. Um, yeah, sure. Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine. Wolverine. Jean Grey, right? No. Yep. Can never be Wolverine because I'm a Buckeye fan. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, Brutus. Then Brutus. I know you're referring to the nerdy comic book thing, but Brutus. You know, Brutus. Brutus. I don't know if my wife would go for it. You but, could try yeah. that. Brutus Hlaud. <laughs> I'm Brutus Hlad. They'll be like, what? You see, we have, we have two boys, so I haven't had to think oh, about okay. girl names in a while. I, mm. I, for the longest time, I wanted a girl named Emma. I'm a huge Friends fan, right? And oh, the, the show Friends. Oh, took a Friends bit. And, and yeah. that was for the longest time. That, But I haven't had a girl, so I can't use it right now. So. Oh, bummer. Yeah, boys, how about Hubert? Hubert Hlad. I'm going for H H. Hubert Hubert Hlad. 
That's a mouthful. You know, you know, on second thought, maybe 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 y'all should just stick to the to the faith advice. Have her have have her have her smile or laugh. <laughs> have her smile hard. Yeah, I like how Alex, your son Harvey, Harvey Hoops. I, that's what I'm going for. He's stuck on the H's. Like like comic books, you know? Like Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, that's like a thing. Pepper Potts. Yeah. You gotta you gotta have alliteration. So Henry. Henry Hlaud. Henry Hlaud. Hank that's Hlaud. too much. Have a Schmidt Hlaud. Have a Schmidt. No. Have a Schmidt. No. Right. Whatever name Gold. you pick, you got they gotta pass the, the junior high test. That you can't that, make you can't make can't it make some fun it? some fun oh, of it. Oh kids are high. gifted at yeah, being my, awful. Yeah, my, my parents my parents greatly failed that test. So. Listen. That's fine. It's character building, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, you you try to be a young kid named Lorne who had a horribly bad lisp who couldn't. My speak. name was Alex Hoops, and I've and I swear half the teachers called me Hoopsie Poopsie. <laughs> they teachers. didn't. Teachers. <laughs> teachers called you that. Yeah, I had an art teacher who was like Hoopsie Poopsie. I go. <laughs> well, if you didn't have so many accidents, would have been wouldn't been so bad if you hadn't been in high school at the time, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, hoopsie. No, I I never really was called anything besides hoops, so that's just what it is. But yeah, so uh, that that's it for us. I think. What do you think for a title on this one? I'm thinking it's gonna be uh, hoopsie poopsie. Was, hoopsie poopsie. No. <laughs> what was our first? What was the first question? Oh, Santa Claus and the Apocalypse. Yes, that's the episode. There you go. So uh, like there you go. All right. Well, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, if you please rate and review us, share this with friends. Wait, we still please? need some listens please? in. We need listens in. No, yeah, we need listens in Alabama, Hawaii, Maine, Mississippi, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Wyoming. If you're in any of those states, Alaska, come on. Um, I'll say them again. Yeah, Alabama, Hawaii, Maine, Mississippi, Rhode Island, Vermont, or Wyoming, or you know anyone in share those it. states. More importantly, share it. We want to be in all 50 states. We have folks. listens in Hawaii, in Alaska? Yes. We've got a bunch of them for some reason. Really? If you're from Alaska and listening, message us. We want to know how you found us. And if you're in Japan, if you're in Japan, thank you. That's uh, awesome. Thank you for listening. You're, yeah. You, yep. <laughs> all right. Yes. Oh, oh, great. Wait, before I we think, go. I think that's... Before we go. Guess what? One more celebrity voicemail. We got it. It's a real short one, though. They're a very right. busy okay. celebrity. Well, are you ready? All right. Okay, play. Hello, it's me, Patrick Stewart, from the Star Trek and Moby Dick. I was Captain Ahab. And if you're considering downloading Tell with the Hot Dish, make it so. Bye. Wow, amazing. Patrick Stewart. Who's Patrick Stewart? That's, the, that's John Captain Luke John Luke Picard. What? Who is that? Oh, Gosh. you don't. Oh, it's lost man. on you, Lorne, you jock. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm sure you're as thrilled as we are that Jean-Luc Picard listens to this podcast. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, Jean-Luc, and everybody else. As always, to hell with the hot dish. To hell with the hot dish. To hell with the hot dish. Make it so number one. Yeah, that's him. That's what he sounded what? like. That his his great accent.
Oh, yeah. You guys must have tons of time for all this popular culture. You that know about. popular culture came from 1994, no, you that was Yes. I had plenty of time back then. Sorry. In 1994, I was too busy out in the street with my rollerblades playing street hockey. Yes. Yeah, Lauren, I'm really, I'm really impressed with you not knowing about the phenomenon of Star Trek. <laughs> You really blow me away with your ability to block off a whole huge, huge piece of our culture.